Hey, Kevin Draves here with The Howl for Diamond Box Bluetooth Speakers. I got to tell you, I play basketball at the gym down the road for me all the time. And sometimes I go late at night. I bring my Diamond Box. And now they're introducing three new systems. The new L2, XL2, and M2 all feature stereo sound by themselves or split stereo sound with wireless syncing of two units for a live sound experience. Loud enough for any environment. And I kid you not, you could play this at low volume and you'll hear it in any room of your house. This is the most powerful Bluetooth boombox speaker on the market today. Check them out on Twitter at Diamond Box Co. That's box with two X's, Diamond Box Co. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Happy 2019 from the den. It may be a new year, but you are still listening to the best in the world, The Howl. We would like to welcome you if this is your first time or if you're a regular listener to the Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics from everybody's favorite sport, basketball. The Howl is brought to you by our wonderful supporting partners, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on The Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones, studio quality with easy accessibility since 1973. Draft 3.0 is where we are at currently. For anyone that missed mocks 1 and 2, we did go a little more in-depth in terms of team needs and kind of salary cap situations for different teams, things like that in Mox 1 and 2. We are not going to do that for Mock 3.0. This is going to be a little more precise just in terms of who's going where, uh, if that makes sense. And then on addition to that, we're going to jump into what we have in the past, which is 2K simulations using these actual players on the teams that we have them going to. So... We will get it started off. Uh, you know, the first few picks, I don't think anyone's going to be too surprised with who we go with. A lot of it's, I would argue, pretty set in stone uh, unless you see some sort of trades, uh, things of that nature. 
So first pick goes to the New Orleans Pelicans, obviously because they won the NBA draft lottery. And they go with no questions asked. They're going with Zion Williamson. Now what they do after they pick him is another story. Are they going to try and keep him and Anthony Davis paired together? Because think about this. What are the odds at any point you're going to be able to pair Zion with someone as talented as Anthony Davis? I mean, those are two generational talents. Granted, Zion Williamson hasn't played a minute in the NBA, but, you know, on the surface anyways, two generational talents. It sounds like reports out of New Orleans is that their goal is to try to convince Anthony Davis to stay. Again, he's under contract uh, through this next season, so they don't have to trade him. So there are options for the Pelicans, and as of right now at least, that's on paper what they're at least – rumors are that's what they're going to do is uh, try to see if those two guys can stay together I mean it's worth trying to at least pitch Anthony Davis on the idea I you know part of the downside is that you have Anthony Davis who's a four you have Zion Williamson who could do multiple things but uh you know a lot of people would position him as a four so we will see how that works out good luck to the Pelicans although they are in the Western Conference so ultimately as a Wolves fan I do not wish them the best if that makes any sense And then we have, at pick number two, the Memphis Grizzlies, of course. Next team that did well in the lottery. Have them taking Ja Morant. Uh, Ja Morant, a very skilled point guard. I think it makes a lot of sense since all all reports, it sounds like, are that the Mike Conley era is going to be over sooner than later. Would not shock me if he gets traded. Maybe he gets traded on draft night. I mean, who knows? But I think he ultimately does get traded. Now, do they maybe look to hold on to both of them and just kind of uh, ride it out? Uh, Maybe they do that, and maybe they look to do the the David Kahn approach of uh, two ball handlers. But I I think ultimately you end up seeing a Grizzlies team that trades Mike Conley, very similar to them trading Marcus All. You know, you go into um, a different era that John Morant can lead the way. You've got some nice pieces there in Memphis to build around, and John Morant would be a a nice addition to that already – uh, interesting uh, rebuild that they've started. Moving on to pick number three, we have the Knicks. Now, I did see uh, an interesting rumor recently. Now, it has been debunked, or at least I've seen some New York media folks that have debunked it. But the rumor was something along the lines of the Knicks and the Hawks doing a switch. Knicks would drop back to 8 and 10, and then obviously the Hawks would pick at number three. I think that's a very interesting trade, although if you're the Knicks, I think why why do anything to mess things up at this point? You know what? You got pick number three. I mean, granted, it sucks. You didn't get number one. I get that. You had the you were the worst team in the league. As a Wolves fan, we've been there many more times than you have. So I can only feel so sorry for you. But I think ultimately, if you're the Knicks, just take R.J. Barrett. Don't even don't even mess around with stuff. Take R.J. Barrett. Hope to nab a free agent or two uh, decent big names here in this uh, off season and move on from there. But I think R.J. Barrett is is the next step. Uh, in terms of what the Knicks are going to try to build here. And I think it makes a lot of sense at pick number three. Pick number four is, I think this is kind of where it starts to uh, be a little bit more of a mystery. As far as the Lakers are concerned, I've seen a lot of people saying Jarrett Culver, including some Lakers fans like him. Uh, For my money, though, I, I think it makes a lot of sense for them to go Darius Garland. Now, he does share an agency with LeBron. And I like what he brings to the table. And I believe Jarrett Culver does as well. But something about uh, Darius Garland really just jumps off the page to me. Obviously, there's not a huge uh, sample of him playing at that college level because he got injured. But all accounts, 
are that he's the real deal. I think he's going to make a lot of sense. And for a team like the Lakers, I get that they already have Lonzo Ball. But Lonzo Ball uh, and Darius Garland, I think, can coexist. In addition, I've read some reports that maybe what they want to do is they want to bring on Rajon Ronald, so bring him back into the fold, and he can kind of help Darius Garland grow into uh, the player they hope he can be. So that would be an interesting scenario. And I think if you're LeBron, you really like what you have as far as ball handlers are concerned. If you have a three... uh, Point guard, a little bit of shooting guard rotation. You know, you got Darius Garland, Rajon Rondo, and Alonzo Ball. I think you've got some pretty good options there. And obviously, LeBron is a, a very good ball handler. So you've got some pieces in place there if you're the Lakers. And Darius Garland sets you up nicely for the future. Now, because the Lakers passed on Darius Garland, jumping to the Cavs, I have them taking Jarrett Culver. Jarrett Culver, I think, could make a lot of sense for the Cavs. Cavs could go in a, a multitude of directions, but you'll actually see later on in the draft. Part of the reason why I went with Jarrett Culver, and I, I do think he's going to work well with, with Colin Sexton there with the Cavaliers. In terms of value, it's tough to argue that he's not the you know one of the best players available here. Once you pass, I think, one, two, and three, it's a little bit more of a mystery, as we said, kind of a crapshoot, and you start to look at team need a little bit just because I think there's a number of players that are right in that same tier. And so, again, the Cavs go with Jarrett Culver at pick number five. Moving on, we have the Suns. It's weird. I've been looking at a lot of mock drafts recently, and the Suns are kind of all over the place as far as who they're going to take. Uh, The one player I don't see mocked to them enough is the player I'm going with, and that's Kobe White. In In some cases, I've seen people saying, why draft a point guard? Like, don't draft a point guard. Draft a different position. I want to say some people have looked at maybe like Cam Reddish or uh, DeAndre Hunter. I saw some people mention Cam Reddish, and then maybe you look to trade Josh uh, Joshua Jackson. Josh Jackson. I I don't think that makes a lot of sense. I personally like Josh Jackson. Why do that when you can grab Kobe White? Let's just grab Kobe White. Let's add him. I think he has the potential to be to be a really really good player. I mean, really really good. In fact, he's one of. I mean, when you take out the the, the obvious guys one through four, Kobe White is one of the guys. Maybe the next guy I really, really wanted for the Wolves. And and initially, I actually thought there was a chance he would drop to the Wolves. There's no chance now. He is going to be going before the Wolves pick. And I think it makes a lot of sense for the Suns to grab him. Think about that lineup or some of the lineups they can throw out. You've got Kobe White. You've got uh, Devin Booker. Now you're talking Josh Jackson. You've, I mean, you've got some nice pieces. DeAndre Ayton, obviously, is there. I like what the Suns are building. Now, it didn't work out real well this last year. But I, I think if you had a guy like Kobe White... I think the sky's the limit for this Suns future. Next up, you have a team that I think I think is a good argument that they'd probably be pretty upset if this is how everything actually panned out. So next we have at seven, we have the Bulls. They would love to have Jarrett Culver or Kobe White in my estimation. They, they realized what all Wolves fans realized pretty early on. Chris Dunn is not the answer. Not exactly sitting there as a great point guard. And if you're the Bulls, you'd love to see Kobe White or Jarrett Culver fall to you. At least in this scenario, that did not happen. And because of that, they have some options. But I I think uh, if you look at some of the players that are available, you don't necessarily want to go with a big man because you've got guys like Lowry Markinen, You've got Wendell Carter Jr. You're not necessarily looking for a shooting guard. That's the other thing. You've got Zach Levine. Now, again, the Bulls have a long ways to go. They're still in the midst of a rebuild. It's not like they're one guy away from being super competitive, but they want someone that's going to be able to help them out for the future. And I think... This falls into that uh, kind of best player available as well, plus a little bit of a in terms of a need or at least a fit, and they go with Cam Reddish. 
So the Bulls grab Cam Reddish at number seven. I think if you look at what that brings to the table for them, now they're going to have to find a way to get a point guard, and you know maybe in that second round they can get lucky. Maybe a guy like Ty Jerome falls to the second round for them. Maybe you get a guy such as – I mean, there's a number of pieces or a number of players that maybe – uh, in terms of veteran point guards, there's Carson Edwards would be another uh, interesting uh, player. But you you wonder what they do. Maybe they look to trade into that late first round to grab one of those guys, such as, like we mentioned, a Ty Jerome, other players uh, later on that maybe they look at in terms of the guard, maybe a Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I think the Bulls have some options. A lot of it's going to depend on how the draft falls. But in this instance, at seven, we Bulls we have the Bulls, and I have them going Cam Reddish. I pick number eight. I am going to grab the Hawks' DeAndre Hunter. So the Hawks at eight grab DeAndre Hunter. Hunter, I think, makes a lot of sense for the Hawks. Another name I have actually seen a decent amount of Hawks fans uh, starting to jump on is Brandon Clark, surprisingly. I'm not a big Brandon Clark fan, but I, I know there's some Hawks fans that like him. I will say this. If the Hawks did want to go with Brandon Clark, I like him I like Brandon Clark to the Hawks more than I like him to the Wolves. And I'll go over that in just a little bit when we get to our pick. But so Hawks do have a few options here. I'm going to go with DeAndre Hunter. Now, I know some of the experts out there actually value DeAndre Hunter higher than this, but it sounds like some scouts don't agree. And that's why uh, people are starting to say now they think he's going to go in that 8-12 to 12 range. There's a lot of Wolves fans that would love to see Hunter drop a little further than this, but we shall see. In this scenario, Hawks, number 8, DeAndre Hunter. At pick number nine, we have the Washington Wizards. Washington Wizards, for me, was where it started to get a little tricky. I'm having a little bit of trouble trying to really peg what they want to do with this pick. A lot of options available to them. I'm going to stick with the guy that I've had previously. I just like his fit here, and that is Jackson Hayes, uh, the center. So I do have the Wizards going Jackson Hayes. A few other options, maybe they they go with the high-ceiling type player in Bowl Bowl. Not that Jackson Hayes doesn't have a high ceiling. I, I do think he could end up being a really good player. Uh, it just a, in terms of a potential, there's something there with Bowl Bowl, but it's such a gamble, I don't think that they take him at this stage. So Jackson Hayes makes some sense. Another name that I've started to see pop up with the Wizards is uh, Seku, Seku Dumbuya. So uh, another name to watch for here would be him. I've I've seen some people mention guys like uh, Kevin Porter Jr. I have seen Gogo Batadze as another name people like to them. I believe it was the Ringer. I think the Ringer did they done they did their mock draft recently, and I believe he was a name that they liked here to the Wizards. So a number of players and a number of options for the Wizards. But we go Jackson Hayes, second pick for the Hawks at number ten, and I actually do have them. We just talked about them, but Bull Bull, I think is who they end up going with. Uh, some pretty solid options for the Hawks. I don't know that they necessarily uh, go with uh, Hunter and Bol Bol, but I think those are two players that make some sense. Seku Dumbuya is another guy that maybe they look at just because he's got that 3-4 flexibility. So they have options. I like the position the Hawks are in. And you're talking about they've got John Collins, they've got Trey Young. The Hawks have a very bright future. These are going to be two picks that are pretty important. And oh, Kevin Herter, another guy that the Hawks have that uh, I think a lot of people really could see a bright future for. But at 8 and 10, for your future, you have two top 10 picks in a draft that I think it's a mixed bag. Some people really like this draft. Some people are pretty down on it. I'm I'm probably somewhere in the middle, but I do like a lot of players in this draft, so I'm probably closer to thinking it's better than it is worse. But that's who they go with. At 10, Hawks go for the uh, high-ceiling pick, and that would be Bull Bull. 
Uh, well, let me add this, though, too. I, I was talking to someone on Twitter recently, and they mentioned, like, why not Bull Bull for the Wolves? What, what's the problem with Bull Bull? You know what? Just look back to Justin Patton if you want to know what the issue is with Bull Bull and the Timberwolves. I don't need a guy that's injury-prone. First of all, big man in general sometimes can be a little more injury-prone, but now we're talking about just if you take a second here, Bobo has a foot injury. He also, it wasn't like it was just in college. He has a history of being injury prone. Someone told me, who am I to say that he's injury prone? Well, his past has shown us that. I don't have any way of knowing what's going to happen in the future, but at least right now, injury prone is what he is. And it's a really big gamble, a gamble that the Wolves cannot take, especially given he's a center. I mean, he's going to be used as a center. We have Carl Towns. What are we drafting a guy like Bobo for? Just doesn't make any sense to me, uh, and he goes at number ten. A, a couple things I'll mention: I do hope Bobo goes before us, uh, not because I think we're taking him, but just because I think it helps other players to drop to us. Uh, in addition, I would not hate Brandon Clark. We talked about him earlier to the Hawks, possibly. You know, I wouldn't hate Brandon Clark going uh, earlier, maybe to a team like the Hawks. There's definitely some options there. In addition. If Again, we talk about how if other teams in front of us make a move for a player that the Wolves don't want or that doesn't fit, someone else is going to drop. Players like DeAndre Hunter, maybe if you could get someone else to take a chance on someone and maybe a guy like him drops. You have options as far as we're concerned. Now, again, the dream scenario would be a guy like Darius Garland or a player like Kobe White drops to us. But in this scenario, that didn't happen. And at pick number 11, the Wolves end up going Sekou Dumbuya. I've spent much of today debating Brandon Clark to the Wolves here at number 11. There's surprisingly a large amount of people that want him. I have issues with that. And specifically, physically, how is he going to play the four or the five in the NBA? Physically, how is he doing that? He's not tall for that position. He's got, I mean, his wingspan is, his wingspan is nothing. I mean, it, it's just, uh, I saw someone point out on Twitter today, if you're looking at wingspan and just kind of the measurables for him, take out the athleticism portion of it, but just the wingspan uh, position, as far as the NBA is concerned, there's there's only been a handful of players that have been able to have a, 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 an NBA career, and not necessarily a good NBA career, just hap- an NBA career. Uh, the players that were mentioned were, um, I want to say it was the White Mamba was one of the players that was listed. And uh, and someone else, I, you know, off the top of my head, I can't think of who it was. But the point stands that historically, players uh, in his mold just do not pan out. I think part of the issue with him is that again, he's at the four slash five position when really he should be. What he should be playing is he should be focusing on a change to a position like the three. Given that his given his size, given his athleticism, he could be a really good three. He could be a really good small forward. You know, maybe play some four, but. Right now, I, it seems like most teams are kind of pegging him. He's listed uh, as kind of a 4 or 5. Now, I know at the Combine, he was listed as a small forward. And ultimately, I think that's the position he's going to have to play. Well, if you're the Wolves, what do you need? that's not a position of need. And even though he's an, a stud athletically, and yes, he's probably going to be a plus defender, there's a lot of question marks with Brandon Clark's game, and I want nothing to do with it. Uh, for me, it's a hard pass. Now, this is, now we're not talking about... Some, let's say this. Some drafts you go into and I say, I don't want that guy. Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn was a player that made me so angry when the Wolves drafted him. I can't necessarily claim I'm going to be that type of angry if we take Brandon Clark, but I, de- but I don't want him. It's still a hard pass for me. It just won't make me as upset as, it, as, as other players have in the past. 
But in this case, given who's fallen, again, where we're sitting, Sekou Dumbuya is the pick for me. It's a very polarizing uh, pick. A lot of Wolves fans are very torn or very one-sided, I should say. Uh, you know, there's so many guys that are all in on Brandon Clark. But I would say, at least in my experience, the people that really, the Wolves fans, at least that I deal with on a, on a almost a daily basis, that I feel are very knowledgeable, are not in on Brandon Clark. And and we're in agreement that it just doesn't make a lot of sense here. Sekou Dumbuya makes a lot of sense. Uh, some other players that I really like, not necessarily at this pick, but other players that I will say that for the Wolves, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is one name that's been very popular. Matisse Thibel. Now, both those guys would be trade-back candidates. Now, what if what if the Celtics called you and said, look, man, we really want Sekou Dumbuya. What if we gave you 14-20? and 20? Or what if we gave you 20-22? and 22? I, You know what I'm saying? I don't know what they, 14-22, and 22, whatever, the, whatever the case may be. If you could get 14 and another pick, I mean, I think to me, that's worth it. Move back slightly. Uh, take a guy like, let's say, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. You have some options, but ultimately, the way it sits right now, I think the Wolves stay at 11, and Sekou Dumbuya, a player, my understanding is that they do like. He's a player they're definitely looking at, and I think he makes a lot of sense with that 3-4 flexibility and a super high ceiling. One thing that does help the Wolves' cause is that his most recent game in the French playoffs, he didn't play real well, didn't play a ton of minutes, and did not look as good. You know, the game before that, he had 34 points. You know, you saw his name start to come up a little more when it came to some of those earlier teams. But given that the last professional game he plays prior to the draft is him just not having a great uh, a great game, I think it's big for the Wolves if he's going to drop to us at number 11. At number 12, I have the Hornets taking the guy we just talked about that I'm just not real high on for the Wolves, and that's Brandon Clark. I'm not going to add a whole lot to what we're talking about here. We've already touched on his game quite a bit. I think the team like the Hornets, granted, a lot of it depends on Kemba Walker, if he's going to resign, but they, they're a team that's really stuck at a maximum. They're stuck in mediocrity. Ultimately, I think they're, they're really a long ways to go before they're really going to be competitive. So Brandon Clark to the Hornets at number 12 makes a lot of sense to me because it's another team that can afford uh, at least a little bit to wait, at least get him to the point where he's more productive. I think Brandon Clark is going to have to overhaul his game in a way to really make him productive at the NBA level. But day one, I think he can step in and at least play some minutes and give you some minutes. And so Hornets take him at 12. At number 13, I have a player. We talk about polarizing, and I think this guy's very polarizing. In terms of the fact that, you know, you see some people talking lottery, some people having him drop. He's very, very talented. He is one of those guys that has another guy that has a really high ceiling, and that's Kevin Porter Jr., and that's who I have the Heat taking here. Again, Kevin Porter Jr. at 13 to the Miami Heat. Next up, we have 14 and the Celtics, and we have a player that has really risen off draft boards, and I really like him. And we talked about him earlier with the Washington Wizards. But I have the Celtics taking Goga Batadze. They're going to take some players in this draft if they hold on to more than one pick that are probably going to be wait-and-see type players or maybe some draft and stash type players. Here I have them taking uh, Goga Batadze. Could be one of the sleepers or one of the steals in this draft. When all is said and done, if you told me he was going to be one of the top uh, 5 to 10 players in this draft, that would not well, maybe, I mean, pro- yeah, 5 to 10, I guess I would say. Top 10, I-, I think that's something that would not completely shock me. And again, the Celtics have three picks. They could be a team that looks to trade up. 
They could be a team that looks to trade out, maybe try to get players, try to get things for the future. You know Danny Ainge is always looking to wheel and deal, and we'll see what he does. But it's going to be a fun draft night if you are a Celtics fan. At 15, I have the Pistons taking Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And I will say, if you're if you're the Magic at 16, you're not real pleased. I do think the Magic are big fans of what now brings to the table in terms of fit, uh, a guy that can play the one and the two. We've talked about the Wolves and how he's a good fit for us and a player I would really like to see on our team, just maybe not necessarily at 11. Although, if ultimately, if Na ended up being the pick at 11, I wouldn't be that upset. I, I would be completely fine if that is the way it ended up working out. So there we go. We have Na, Nikhil Alexander-Walker going to 15 to the Pistons. We talk about Reggie Jackson. You wonder how long he's going to be there for. Obviously, a player that has had some knee issues Pistons are an interesting franchise, just given that they've got some really nice pieces. You know, no one's denying the talents of guys like Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin. You've got Luke Kennard, who looks to be a, a pretty solid piece. You've, you've got some players that you like. You also have some players that you've missed on recently in the draft. So this is going to be an important pick for them. And I think for a team that really is hoping to find their long-term answer at point guard, because I don't think that's what Reggie Jackson is, I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who not only is going to be able to play some one, but he can also play with Reggie Jackson. He can play some two. He's a versatile player. Makes a lot of sense here to the Pistons at number 15. Next up, we have the Magic. Again, they're very upset that Na already went. In terms of what's available, I have the Magic going with Romeo Langford. Now, at one point I had talked about them maybe taking Rue Hashimura, but the problem I have with that is Rue, really ultimately I don't think he's going to be playing any three. I think he's really stuck in that four position. And so it, for a team like the Magic that have Aaron Gordon, you really don't need to have that type of uh, roster in terms of having too many uh, players from the same position that you've invested in. And so you want to really hit you want to hit the nail on the head as far as I'm concerned. If you're the Magic taking that next step, obviously they made the playoffs this year, but they really want to be able to do more. And so I think it makes a lot of sense here. Again, Romeo Langford is actually going to be the pick. One thing that's interesting with Romeo Langford. Um, I actually, for anyone that follows me on Twitter, at the Sports Min, I, I sent out something from um, Greg, I want to say it's Greg Doyle from the Indy Star. He actually had a recent article he put out uh, talking about how Romeo Langford really sacrificed a lot for Indiana basketball and the fact that he probably should have had surgery, played with an injury on his shooting hand, and it really cost him. And I think it ended up costing him big time in the draft, too, because he probably would have gone sooner for him for that. He mentions that in high school, he was a very good shooter. Now, high school is different than college, but still, if you can shoot a basketball, you can shoot a basketball. Uh, for anyone that plays basketball, you know, I don't get to out to the court as much as I'd like, but I, I like to think I'm a pretty good shooter. And, and every time I go into the, the gym, you know, it takes me a little bit maybe to get back into the swing of things. You get that rhythm, but eventually you're able to shoot. Uh, you look at some of the, the, the pros, the NBA guys, uh, that jump back into the gym, let's say, to shoot. You see, you know, whether it's like a Reggie Miller, whether it's, uh, you know, I've seen, you know, Jim Peterson when he's doing his his uh, instructionals on FS North. Just players don't, you don't just forget how to shoot. And so uh, this is a player that if, if that's true, which uh, many people think it is, that that injury really affected him. I think Romeo Langford, uh, in terms of skill, makes a lot of sense for the Magic and definitely one of the options as far as best player available is concerned. At 17, I have the Nets taking Rue Hashimura. One thing that's kind of interesting and I think very cool about Rue Hashimura is that he has talked about wanting to be the face of Japanese basketball. I think that's really cool, and he's he's willing to put that kind of weight on his shoulders. He wants 
a nation to grow up watching him play and having someone that they can use as inspiration to possibly become those play, you know, players in the NBA someday as well, or at least to really jump into that sport. And I think this is a really nice pick for the Nets. Nets have a, a nice core that they're building around, and I think he would add a lot to what they're already doing there. You talk about guys like Jared Allen. Uh, there's, there's talk, of course, as far as the Nets are concerned, with uh, going after a guy like Kyrie Irving. And, and you talk about that. And so now you're talking, let's say, Kyrie Irving. Let's say they also re-signed D'Angelo Russell. I want to say, I, I feel like there was mention of Kevin Durant possibly, but no matter what, you're definitely starting to see big names associated with the Nets, but not at that power forward position. And so I think Rue makes a lot of sense here. Especially, how about this? There were a lot of rumors you know, as much as a week ago that people thought his floor was around 11 or 12. And now we're talking pick 17. I think the Nets are very pleased to get Rue Hashimura at this point. At number 18, I have the Pacers selecting P.J. Washington, a power forward. This is another player, you know, I should have mentioned him more when the Wolves picked. But let's say Sekou Dumbuya is already taken. I have no issue with P.J. Washington. He is one of my favorite players in this draft for the Wolves. I really like what he brings to the table. Very athletic, great wingspan. Uh, really projects to be what could be one of the sleepers uh, as far as defense is concerned. Uh, there's a there's someone on Twitter, a Dean on Draft, I believe is his at. And he is really uh, big on that, kind of finding that sleeper. And he kind of went over some of the players as far as wingspan is concerned. And ultimately, he thinks uh, P.J. Washington could kind of be that diamond in the rough that ends up being one of the steals, at least defensively, in this draft class. So again, at number 18, the Pacers, P.J. Washington. Next up, we have the Spurs at number 19. And I have them taking Grant Williams. Grant Williams is a very interesting player. Very productive in the NCAA tournament. Definitely showed some things. Lots of things to like, I think, from his game. And I've seen a lot of people saying that he looks to be just a prototypical Spur. And so it makes a lot of sense to me. Spurs, again, at 19, go with Grant Williams. I know some Wolves fans are pretty high on him, too. Especially, I've seen some Wolves fans say, I'd rather have Grant Williams than Brandon Clark. Something to keep in mind. If you're not real familiar with Grant Williams' game, I suggest you look into him. He's got a very interesting... uh, a game he had at Tennessee, and there's a lot to like about what he brings to the table. Good value here for the Spurs, and you know the Spurs are going to make him a great player. That's just what they do. Greg Popovich finds a way to make players great, and this is probably going to be no different. Next up, you have the Celtics. Again, the Celtics aren't going to keep all these picks. It's just not going to happen, but given the value, I think it's a no-brainer to me that the Celtics take Nasir Little. Now, if you think about it, going into college, Nasir Little was one of the top-ranked prospects in the nation coming out of high school. Obviously, he hasn't really performed like you thought he was going to at uh, North Carolina, but there's still a high ceiling there. If you can tap into that potential, you could get an absolute steal here at 20 if you're the Celtics. So again, we have them taking Nasir Little. Next up, 21, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder, and I have them taking sharpshooter Tyler Hero. He is uh, the player out of Kentucky. I saw some Wolves fans, actually, that were talking about how much they liked him. Not at 11, guys. Not at 11. You, you want to you get Tyler Hero, you better be trading back. It's just not the value's not there. But he's a very, very good shooter. And, and I, I feel like for the longest time we've talked about the importance of the Thunder finding more shooting. And so he makes a lot of sense. I believe there were some reports, too, that he might have, a, that he might have some sort of a promise here. 
So that's something to watch for, and I think it makes a lot of sense. I've noticed a trend, too. I feel like almost every year somebody is promised to whoever, and I feel like the Thunder are on that list quite a bit. Time will tell, of course, but again, at 21, I have the Thunder taking Tyler Hero. Next up on the docket, we have the Celtics at 22, and I have them taking Matisse Thibble. We spoke of promises. Some people have said, not I don't know specifically at this pick, but some people have said there's a possible promise of Matisse Thibble going to the Celtics. Can't play him. He's got some good size, uh, a very solid player. I know a lot of Wolves fans are really high on Matisse Thibble, so I think he's good value here at 22 to the Celtics. And if they made a promise to him, it's not the worst thing in the world. He's a very solid player. I think could end up being a very solid pro. So Matisse Thibel, 22, to the Celtics. At 23, we have the Jazz. Uh, another team that I was a little, um, not necessarily shaky on, but I wasn't totally all in on what they were looking to do. But in following some Jazz fans, kind of doing some research, and also looking into uh, player value, I think two players that they will probably look at here would be Keldon Johnson or Cam Johnson. And ultimately, I think I'm going to have them go, uh, in this instance, in this mock 3.0 here, we're going to go Keldon Johnson. I had Cam and other ones, but if Keldon drops to this point, I think he makes a lot of sense. I've seen some Jazz fans talking about how they like Tyler Hero, and I know at least one Jazz fan uh, that actually used to have a show on our network, Mark W., on Twitter, I know he is not a fan, and I, I, I would agree with him. I, I just don't think Tyler Hero is uh, a pick. I told him the good news is he's probably gone. And so the Jazz take Keldon Johnson here, who I think is very good value for the Jazz here at pick 23. At pick 24, uh, you know, before I actually had pick 24, this is the Sixers. I had them taking Ty Jerome, but just in terms of value and where we're at in the draft, just given uh, who's jumped and who hasn't, I'm going to have them take Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson is the pick 24 to the Philadelphia 76ers. Next up, you have the Blazers. At, at 25, and this is actually a player that was uh, kind of uh, on the bubble, at least by some accounts, but he did stay in the draft. That is Casey Akpala. Casey Akpala, pick 25 to the Blazers is where we go in Mock Draft 3.0. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. We are the Howl, your source for all things Timberwolves and NBA. This is Mock Draft 3.0 to start off this week's show. We are just through pick 25. Five more picks to go, and then we'll go over some of the sleepers. So looking at the rest, we have at 26, the Cavaliers. Now, earlier we had them going Jarrett Culver. Now I have them taking one of my favorite sleepers of the draft in a name. I want you to write this name down. I want you to make a note. This is a guy to watch for the future, Luka Semanic. I am a huge fan of his, especially given where this team's getting him. You're going to get a guy at 26. I think his ceiling is very high. If you have not watched him, I promise you, you should. If you're the Cavaliers, by the way, and you leave this draft with Jarek Culver and Luka Semanic, woo, that's a draft. And you're, you're trying to write your future sooner than later, and that's a good way to do it. Next up, we have the Nets. This is at pick number 27. Uh, let me read this tweet from Nets Daily. New assistant GMs Peterson and Birdsong overlapped at Atlanta as scouts before Birdsong moved on to San Antonio. The two are also Florida State alumni. Hello, Mifiandu Kabengale. And that's the pick I actually have them taking. Makes a lot of sense. He is a guy that has started to move up draft boards, started to jump up into that first round, and pretty good value, I think, here at 27 to the Nets. 
I don't know how many picks the Nets are actually going to make in this draft. Obviously, they've got a number of them, and they've got some uh, room. But two first-round picks wouldn't necessarily shock me. Uh, grabbing some guys like we already had Ruashimura and then Uviando uh, going here at 27, and it's a pretty solid draft for the Brooklyn Nets. Next up, we have the Warriors taking a player that, you know, I've seen some people think he's going to go in the lottery. I've seen some people think he's going to go maybe in the second round. He's kind of all over the place. I know for a large portion of the college season, he was listed as a lottery pick, but he obviously in this case did not go there. But the Warriors doing what they do best, getting value, whether it's a guy like Jordan Bell. They always find a way to get a player. They got uh, Evans last year. So they always find a way to get pretty good value where they pick at the end of the first round. This year is going to be no different, as I have them taking Bruno Fernando. Now, you look at their roster as it is. Uh, right now, they have Andrew Bogut, who they've had to use. They're going to be losing him. They're likely going to lose DeMarcus Cousins. Bruno Fernando is a player that uh, fits a need, but he's also a very good value pick here for the Warriors. So at 28, Warriors taking Bruno Fernando. Next, you have the Spurs. Already had one pick in this draft. Not sure that they pick two of them. This could be a pick maybe they sell or maybe they trade. I guess we'll see. But if they do stay, I have them taking Talon Horton Tucker. I think he's a very interesting selection and seems like a very Spursian pick. And much like we talked about with Grant Williams, I think the Spurs, if they took Talon Horton Tucker, would find a way to get the most out of his game. Next up on the list, we have the last team in the first round. At pick number 30, it is the Bucks, and I have the Bucks taking Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome going to the Bucks. Ty Jerome is a player that uh, I think a lot of people are pretty high on. I've seen some people think he's going to be ultimately the best point guard in this draft. I disagree there, uh, given who's in front of him, guys like Kobe White, Darius Garland, John Morant. But Ty Jerome could be a really solid player, and if you're the Bucks, I think he makes a lot of sense. You've got uh, some point guards on your roster that probably aren't going to be long-term uh, options necessarily, and it's not like Giannis is old. You've, you've still got him for a long time, hopefully. So I think it's a good pickup to grab a point guard here and to take Ty Jerome at pick number 30. Let's quickly run down the list again before we jump into 2K simulations. We have Pelicans taking Zion Williamson. Grizzlies take John Morant. The Knicks take R.J. Barrett. Lakers take Darius Garland. Cavs, Jarrett Culver. Suns, Kobe White, Bulls, Cam Reddish, Hawks, DeAndre Hunter, Wizards, Jackson Hayes. At 10, Hawks take Bull Bull. Our Timberwolves take Sekou Dumbuya. Hornets take Brandon Clark. The Heat, Kevin Porter Jr. The Celtics, Gogo Batatze. At 15, Pistons take Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Magic take Romeo Langford. The Nets, Rue Hashimura. The Pacers, P.J. Washington. The Spurs, Grant Williams. The Celtics, Nasir Little. The Thunder, Tyler Hero. The Celtics, Matisse Tibble. The Jazz, Keldon Johnson. The Sixers, Cam Johnson. The Blazers, Casey Akpala. The Cavs, Luka Simonic. The Nets, Mifiandu Kabangele. Warriors, Bruno Fernando. Spurs, Talon Horton Tucker. And the Bucks take Ty Jerome to round out the first round and mock draft 3.0. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. This is The Howl. We're talking Mock Draft and Mock Draft 3.0 specifically. Now we're going to jump into NBA 2K19 simulations with this Mock Draft being put into place on the rosters as well as we've gone through the actual offseason and we'll now start taking a look at the offseason moves for each team and then see how the season plays out. All right, so now we will take a look at... So we're doing a simulation of this next season. 
all the teams went with the draft picks that we associated them with in our mock draft 3.0. But we're also going to go over the offseason plans that 2K has for each team and how things panned out from there. So first team we're going to look at is the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, First thing they did was re-signed power forward Tobias Harris. They signed power forward Julius Randle. Small forward Gerald Green was signed. And how about this uh, contract they gave to Julius Randle? Four years, $102 million. Pretty crazy, if you ask me. Uh, they got Jerry and Grant, the point guard. Chase and Randall, the point guard. Uh, they signed Carmelo Anthony to a one-year $8 million deal. Darius Basley. Willie Cauley-Stein. They got Stanley Johnson. And they got Malcolm Miller. So definitely some interesting signings there. Uh, uh, I think uh, pretty good job by the Sixers as far as their offseason is concerned. Uh, next, we look at the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks were able to sign Malcolm Brogdon to a three-year deal. They re-signed Nikola Mirotic to a four-year, $55 million, so he's getting paid. Uh, Emmett Williams, the power forward. They got Jacob Wiley, power forward, so they're really going all in on the power forwards, apparently. Uh, they got one of our favorite players here on the show, Thomas Bryant, on a one-year deal. And then they got Antonius Cleveland, the shooting guard, for a one-year min deal. Looking to the Chicago Bulls, a team that's uh, you know in the midst of rebuilding, and they really didn't do a whole lot. I don't think you're going to be too pleased if you're a Bulls fan. So they they re-signed their trainer. That that shows up. But uh, they signed Patrick Beverly. Uh, they signed Ryan Arciadacano and small forward Luis Montero. So definitely a uh, pretty blah, pretty blah offseason if you are a Bulls fan. Next we have the Cavaliers. Uh, taking a look at uh, what they ended up doing, uh, they made some trades, or made a trade. They traded their second-round pick this year for a uh, second-round pick next year with the Jazz. And then they grabbed uh, power forward Luke Mamute to a two-year deal. Uh, they grabbed Tabo Cephalosha, Marquise Chris. Wow, Marquise Chris, three years, $40 million? I don't think so. Uh, shooting guard Kyle Collinsworth. They got shooting guard Yakuba Quatara. And they also grabbed uh, Bobby Portis, and they gave him a one-year deal. So some interesting moves there, but uh, very similar to the Bulls, a rebuilding team that didn't do a whole lot. Looking ahead then to the Boston Celtics, uh, some interesting things happened for them. Uh, just taking a look at what they were able to do, you had uh, they waived Gershon Yabusele, they waived Aaron Baines, they waived Semi Ojale. So a uh, strange way to start the season by moving on in that direction. You have, uh, they re-signed Kyrie Irving to a five-year, $166 million deal, which I don't think that's probably going to happen. I think he's going elsewhere. They re-signed uh, Terry Rozier, Scary Terry, three years, uh, $37 million, so pretty good money for him. One interesting move they made is they uh, signed Rajon Rondo to a two-year, uh, $9 million deal, and they also grabbed uh, point guard Brad Wanamaker, one-year min deal. You have uh, center Daniel Tice, two years, $14 million. Shooting guard Marcus Thornton to a one-year min deal. Uh, point guard Kobe Simmons, who I'm a fan of in this game at least, um, to a one-year deal. And here's here's a really weird one. So one of the players, obviously we talked about them getting in the mock draft, the 3.0. You have uh, Matisse Thibel, and they actually waived him right before the season. Very strange if you ask me. I think part of that was they had, they had too many players. And, and look at some of the players that they picked up, like – Maybe you don't need Marcus Thornton. I mean, come on. Matisse Thibel, a lot of people think he could be a pretty good player. And you're just going to waive him? Eh, I'm not seeing it. But they did. And so I think he's going to be a target for someone else. In fact, uh, maybe here with the Wolves, we go try to pick him up if no one else has already. 
uh, definitely an interesting player. And I know I know some Wolves fans are big on him. So we'll see what happens there. Looking ahead, let's see. So the LA Clippers next on our list. A uh, number of moves. So let's see. They got... Well, they acquired Clint Jones from the Raptors. Oh, never mind. That's just a scouting deal. For a second, I thought they had changed their uh, head coach. So anyways, uh, they signed Kevin Durant, which uh, that is a rumor that's out there. So four years, uh, 156. You have uh, They signed Isaiah Thomas to a two-year $15 million deal. Are you serious? Yeah, he's, that's not happening. He's not getting that. Uh, center Ed Davis to a two-year deal. They got power forward Michael Beasley. They got Jonas Derebko. Nas Mitrulong, the point guard on a one-year min deal. They got Kendrick Nunn, the shooting guard on a one-year min deal. Uh, small forward Caleb Martin uh, to a one-year um, $7 million deal. Now, Caleb Martin, of course, isn't making that kind of money, especially on a one-year deal. I mean, he's not that good. He's a rookie. But one of the things you'll realize in 2K, guys that don't get drafted that end up being free agents make more money. So that's just part of the game that he makes as much money as he is there. So there you go. That's the Clippers. We move on next. We have the Memphis Grizzlies, and we'll take a look at what they're doing. You have they re-sign uh, Jonas Valanciunas, four years, eighty-five million. They got Wesley Matthews on a two-year deal. They got one of my favorite players, Lewis King. They signed him to two years, twenty-two million. Point guard Thomas Sadoransky to a two-year, twelve million dollar deal. They got Kayvon Looney, Corey Brewer, Alonzo McKinney. LeBrian Nash, they got Moses Brown, who I really like in this game, who's actually not going to be a rookie this coming season. You have Ricky Rubio to a one-year deal. So some interesting signings for the Grizzlies. I like that one-two punch, by the way, of John Morant and Ricky Rubio as your point guards. You could do a lot worse than that. I mean, that's, that's, a, solid, that's a solid grouping. Plus, you add Thomas Sadoransky to the mix. That's, that's nice. That's uh, some really good options. And I actually... This is one of my favorite off-seasons that we've seen so far is the Grizzlies off-season. Again, Louis, Louis King I'm a huge fan of. Who doesn't like Corey Brewer? Wolves Nation loves Corey Brewer. Come on. Kayvon Looney's a solid player. I'm a fan of the off-season there. We move on to the Atlanta Hawks. First thing they did was they waived Miles Plumley. They signed J.J. Redick to a two-year, $22 million deal. They signed Derrick Rose. Sure, I guess that's a thing. Uh, three years, $62 million or $61 million. They got James Nunnally to a one-year deal. Wanted to get some shooting, I guess. Uh, they signed Justin Anderson, but then right before the season, they did waive him. And then they also got Travis Ware is the other player that they picked up on a min deal. Next up, we have the Miami Heat. Let's see. So what they did was uh, they got Jeff Green, Ron Baker on a one-year min deal. You have uh, Ryan Brokoff, one-year min deal. They got Dwayne Wade on a two-year $30 million deal, which... We all know that's not happening, but we're gonna we're not gonna change it. It is what it is. But but in real life, he's retiring. They got small forward Brandon Slater. I believe he's on a two way deal uh, because we actually have used him a number of times as a two way player. Uh, Richard Solomon to a one year deal also could have been a two way. And then they got a, a one year min deal for center Joffrey Laverne. Next up, we have the Charlotte Hornets. Let's see. They re signed Frank Kaminsky to a three year thirty one million dollar deal. I'm not I'm not seeing that happening. They signed JaVale McGee. Three years, $28 million. Uh, Sure, whatever you want to do there, Hornets. There's a reason why you're kind of stuck in mediocrity every year. They signed uh, Tyrone Wallace, the point guard, to a one-year min deal. Also Tim Quarterman. So they've got some point guard options, which is nice. You have Chris Middleton they got, actually, on a one-year $16 million deal. And Kenneth Fareed on a one-year $8 million deal. So uh, big thumbs down to the Charlotte Hornets and their offer on um, not much to work with there. And if you think about it, they didn't re-sign Kemba Walker. So there's that. 
And you want to know why they didn't re-sign Kemba Walker? Because he went to the next team. The Jazz are the next team on our list, and they actually signed Kemba to a four-year, $134 million deal. I actually do think Kemba Walker is going to stay with Charlotte. That probably makes the most sense. And based on what he's saying, he wants to be there. So I think that's the direction they end up going. Uh, Rudy Gay, they signed three years, $26 million. They got Boban on a one-year min deal. Nigel Hayes, the power forward, on a one-year min deal. Point guard Brandon Williams on a one-year $9 million deal. They got Carson Edwards, who the, a lot of these guys must have been undrafted rookies. They got Carson Edwards, one year, $11 million. So they've definitely upgraded their point guard spot, which I appreciate. And then small forward Nicholas Brusino, a one-year min deal as well. He is the small forward. Next up, Kings on the list. First thing they did was re-sign Alec Burks to a short deal. They signed Shake Milton, Reggie Bullock, Markeith Morris. They got Jalen Hands. Xavier Munford and Bonzi Bonzi Colson. Uh, that's a big thumbs down for me on that. That not not great, not a great offseason. I know the Kings maybe don't have a ton of options necessarily. And I like the direction that the Kings have gone with a lot of their picks, but I don't know. This offseason was pretty blah for me. One thing I will say is a lot of these uh, rebuilding teams, not great offseasons. So I'm very interested to see what some of the other teams, maybe like the the Suns, for example, um, and what they end up doing, what the Pelicans do. So we'll see kind of uh, what the offseason brings for some of these other teams that are uh, definitely on the uh, downward trend. You have next the Knicks uh, make a ton of moves. Kind of interesting. So let's say they re-signed DeAndre Jordan. I do think that makes sense for them, and I think they will do that. They signed Jonte Porter, which I absolutely love. I think that's a a great idea for them. D'Angelo Russell ends up signing with them four years, $111 million. You have Taj Gibson on a two-year, $18 million deal. Michael Frazier, shooting guard, Sheldon Mack, Luke Cornett, Giannis, or sorry, Georges Papa Giannis, and Quentin Grimes, and they rounded out with Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. So definitely not the offseason that Knicks fans are hoping for, but it could be a lot worse. D'Angelo Russell's a solid player. If you can steal him away from the Nets, I think that's a, a pretty good coup. I love Jonte Porter, so I like his future. Uh, but again, he's not. It's not someone that you're you're doing much with right off the bat. Uh, Georges Papayanis is not someone in real life that's really doing anything. But he's a popular name in 2K, so maybe down the road in real life something happens with him. But for the most part, a pretty blah offseason, especially if you're a Knicks fan and you were expecting something big, a la you know a Kevin Durant signing or a Kyrie Irving or something, something that's uh, got a little more oomph. You definitely did not get that. So we'll see what happens with the Knicks offseason. But that's how 2K has it going, anyways. Next up, we have the Lakers, and that's a team that really has a lot to do, and we'll see what they end up doing as far as uh, helping out LeBron and helping out some of these other younger players. And they do just that in this one. Look at this. Uh, they got uh, Clay Thompson, four years, $134 million. I actually do think Clay Thompson ends up leaving the Golden State Warriors. I just think uh, there's been some complaints from him as, as far as his role is concerned. And so it makes sense to me that he looks to go elsewhere uh, this offseason. They also signed uh, Zach Randolph to a one-year deal. Ekpe Udo to a one-year deal. Very good defensive center, a player that, that we get a lot in these simulations. They got Xavier Rathan Mays, Ethan Happ, Jamichael Green, Thaddeus Young, and Tajir McCall. So a few interesting signings. I definitely think this would be a winning offseason if you're the Lakers. Uh, at a minimum, think about that. You're adding Clay Thompson to what you already have, including LeBron James. Like that's that's how you win some games. So that would be a solid offseason, I think, if you're a Laker fan. 
Next up, we have the Magic. Before we get to them, don't forget, this is the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, and we are the Howl. This is our Mock Draft 3.0, and we are to the simulation portion, and we are going over the offseason moves from each team. So Magic are on the docket now, taking a look at what they end up doing. You have them. They wave Solomon Hills. They must have traded for him. They were able to re-sign Nikola Vucevic to a five-year, $167 million deal. They signed Noel Vonley, Milos Teodosic, Isaiah Taylor, the point guard, uh, power forward Emil Jefferson, Troy Kapuin to a one-year deal, Jarrell Martin, and Cam Birch. So if you're a Magic fan, I don't think you're real pleased with this. You're glad you re-signed Vucevic, but after that, it's kind of just a bunch of blah moves. So we've seen this from a lot of the, a lot of the teams that I don't see as upper echelon, really uh, weak off seasons, and you were you're hoping if you're a fan of those teams that this off season goes a little differently. So time will tell, of course, for the Magic. Next up, we have the Dallas Mavericks. An interesting move that they made. It looks like they traded some fu- a fu- some future picks, and we're actually able to get uh, Mike Conley from the Grizzlies. So that could be an interesting addition to what they already have there. You have James Ennis. They signed the small forward. They signed Kristaps Porzingis, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, power forward Josh Smith, Mindagas Kuzminskis to a one-year deal. They got Dante Cunningham, DJ Stevens, Kavan Moore, Henry Ellenson, and Eric Griffin. Uh, an interesting offseason. I actually I actually like a lot of the moves they made here. And uh, take, if you were to take a look at that roster as a whole, it's going to be pretty competitive. That's going to be a tough team to face in the West for sure. Up next is the Brooklyn Nets. You have them signing Allen Williams, DeMarcus Cousins. Wow, good for them. Four years, $134 million. Troy Williams, uh, Chris Chiazza, Killian Tilly, which for anyone that's not aware, Killian Tilly actually is going back to college, so this would not happen. But he is part of the draft class that we loaded, so it makes sense that they would go after a player of his ilk. And then lastly, they signed Cassius Winston to a one-year deal. So a pretty good offseason if you are a fan of them, except for one thing. You think about this, and, and now, now I'm saying this out loud, it's actually not a good offseason. If your offseason consists of signing DeMarcus Cousins, a center, when, think about this, you already have Jarrett Allen. I'm not saying that Jarrett Allen is DeMarcus Cousins, but if your big signing is to get a player that's at the same position as your other one of your best players, plus you – don't re-sign D'Angelo Russell? Thumbs down. This is a big loss for the Nets. I think part of that, though, in this simulation is that they ended up using all of their picks, and so they got a lot of rookies, and so that's going to be part of it, too. So that's probably why things worked out a little bit the way they did. On the plus side, if you're going to lose D'Angelo Russell, you at least have to get someone to replace him, and going with uh, a couple guys that are young and, uh, in this case, uh, Cassius Winston, maybe has uh, not the highest ceiling, but I'm a fan. And maybe he brings something to the table. So maybe that softens the blow a tiny bit. But ultimately, yeah, not a fan of the Nets uh, offseason here. Uh, Denver Nuggets are next on the list. This would be a team, as a Wolves fan, you'd hope has a bad offseason. Uh, we'll see. Uh, first thing they did was they waived Tyler Lydon. They were able to re-sign Paul Millsap to a three-year $65 million deal. A lot of money. Three-year 20 to center Brook Lopez. They got Kalen Lucas, the point guard. Uh, former Timberwolves, C.J. Williams on a one-year deal. Thomas Wells, center. Point guard Brandon Goodwin. They signed Trey Lyles. And then they waived Torrey Craig. So it's a pretty blah offseason, if you ask me. Um, I'm, I am a fan of Brook Lopez. I like some of the things that he does. And you're adding him. You're re-signing Paul Millsap, which, which is, I guess, good. But he's getting up there in age. 
I don't I don't love the offseason, but as a Wolves fan, I, I would say I like it more than probably most Nuggets fans would. So, I don't know. We'll see. Time will tell, as with most of these teams. Next up, we have the Indiana Pacers. Starting off with re-signing Darren Collison. They got small forward Chris Wilkes. Point guard Delon Wright. Shooting guard Damian Lee. Joe Johnson is signing a one-year deal. Malcolm Delaney, the point guard. Uh, Chris Boucher, one of Kevin's favorite guys. And then you uh, sh- uh, you round it out with shooting guard Davin Reed. So, kind of like we've talked about with other teams, but a pretty blah offseason. Pacers, though, were already in a pretty good position. A lot of it's going to depend on how Victor Oladipo comes back from injury. So time will tell on that. Next up, you have the Pelicans, uh, one of the teams we were kind of wondering what they would end up doing. So obviously they did draft Zion Williamson. No shock there. Let's see. They also signed uh, point guard Kai Bowman, small forward Robert Woodward, small forward Yuta Watanabe, point guard Shaq Harrison, uh, shooting guard Jordan Lloyd, shooting guard Brandon Paul, they got Kier Lewis Jr., a point guard, who I'm a big fan of in this game. And then they rounded it out with uh, another point guard. Wow, they're going point guard heavy. Uh, Ayo das- Dasunmo. So they got one, two, three. They they signed four point guards, and they did not waive any of them. So they're all on the roster still. Um, good luck, Pelicans. You're a Western Conference team, though, so I support this crappy offseason. Next up, Pistons. Let's see. They were Damari Carroll they signed, a small forward. Uh, point guard Isaiah Whitehead, power forward Chike Diallo, and shooting guard Devin Akun Purcell. So uh, a few different options for them, but overall not much action from the Pistons, a team that probably needs to uh, find a way to get out of that mediocrity zone. At, at a certain point, I have to start wondering, if is it just Blake Griffin? It seems like everywhere he is, whether it's the Clippers, the Pistons, that's a team that just kind of stuck and never really makes it all that far. Next up is the Raptors. Uh, hopefully the uh, defending champion Raptors, if I have anything to say about it. You start off with re-signing Danny Green to a three-year, $16 million deal. Not too bad for a, a, def- a 3 and D guy. Shooting guard Fletcher McGee. Power forward Anthony Tolliver, so they stole him away from us. You have Mike Muscala, Gershon Yabusele, center Al Jefferson, and center Tyson Chandler. One name you don't see on that list is Kawhi Leonard. So it looks like they did not re-sign him. Although we have not seen his name anywhere else. So I'm interested to see if maybe they were able to get something done prior to that we're just not seeing uh, on the off-season transactions list. Rockets uh, are next up on the list. Trevor Ariza they signed. uh, Re-signing point guard Austin Rivers. Mike Scott. uh, Joel Bolenboy. Marcus Page point guard. Actually, uh, he was a former summer leaguer for the Timberwolves. Actually played pretty well for them. You have center Nerlens Noel and center Brandon Wright. So uh, pretty blah offseason. I think the Houston Rockets are going to be mixing it up. It sounds like a lot of guys are on the table for trade bait, whether it's Chris Paul, whether I think someone mentioned that they, they put some feelers out as far as Clint Capella is concerned. So if you're on the Rockets, watch out because your name could be coming up in trade rumors this summer. San Antonio Spurs next on the list, uh, signing Jeremy Lamb, Duncan Robinson, Jerry Lamb, by the way, three years, $42 million. Woo. Uh, Point guard Scott Machado and center Justin Patton, former Timberwolf, obviously, with foot problems galore, although I, I keep hoping the guy pans out. I just don't know if it's going to happen. One of the next teams on the list we were wondering about, and they did not disappoint as far as having a offseason that disappointed, and that is the Phoenix Suns. They signed Travis Reed Travis to a two-year $14 million deal. Power forward, Robert Franks. Center, Rashawn Holmes. Power forward, Alec Peters. They got center, Daniel Gafford. And I will say, if you're going to grab two uh, 
young rookies that maybe could uh, be some sort of a, a coup as far as sleepers. Uh, getting Daniel Gafford and Reed Travis is not bad. So all that all that considered, it's not not too shabby. Uh, point guard Kadeem Allen and shooting guard John Clavel. Bottom line, some of these moves down the road might pay dividends, but at least initially, this is going to be a Suns team that is not maybe not super competitive. A lot of it would depend, would depend how much players that are already on the roster would improve. Thunder up next. They re-signed Michael Kidd-Gilchrist to a three-year, $35 million deal. They signed Gary Payton the second, Jalen Jones, the small forward, and then center Dwayne Dedman. Pretty blah off season for them too. I'm liking that a lot of the teams that just didn't, you know, jump off the page as far as off season moves are in the West. So East, you go right ahead and get better. West teams, you stay the same or get worse. That's all we're asking for as Wolves fans. I don't think that's much. I don't think that's asking for too much. So time will tell. Of course, next up we have the Timberwolves. We'll wait and go over the roster in a second here. Uh, taking a look at the Trailblazers, they are the next one on the list. They re-sign Al Farouk Amino. Signed Alex Poitras. They re-signed Rodney Hood, which is a really good deal, I think. He was solid for them in the playoffs. You have Enos Cantor uh, re-signed. Re-signing Jake Lehman. Uh, good for you, I guess. I don't know. Uh, they signed Jonathan Gibson, the point guard, and power forward Isaiah Hicks. So all things considered, a pretty good offseason for the Blazers. Definitely a step in the right direction because even just consistency from last year to this year is fine because they were so good. And you got a lot of guys that have playoff experience now. I like these moves. I'm a fan. Next up, you have the Golden State Warriors, and uh, they're second to last on this list. So Golden State Warriors start off with signing Lugens Dort. Very solid move, if you ask me. If he's, if he's an undrafted free agent, a team could do a lot worse than giving him a chance. They sign Lance Stevenson. And by the way, keep in mind, they did lose Klay Thompson and DeMarcus Cousins. And actually Kevin Durant. So keep that in mind when you're looking at some of these moves. So Lance Stevenson, power forward David West, point guard George Hill. You have Trevor Booker, the power forward, uh, power forward Vince Hunter, former Timberwolf in the Summer League, shooting guard Charles Cook, center Willie Hernan Gomez. You have point guard Jordan Bone, who's an interesting pickup, I think. Point guard Emmanuel Moutier, and then Kelly Oubre Jr. I don't know. Obviously, this would be a loss if you're a Warriors fan because you lose... All the big name free agents you basically lost. I mean, what that that probably is a bad taste in your mouth to say the least. Uh, last up, we have the Washington Wizards. Uh, they made a number of moves, most of them not much for drops in the bucket. You have Bohan Bogdanovich signing a three year deal, O'Shea Brissett, the small forward, shooting guard Jordan Crawford, point guard Sean Livingston, power forward Eric Moreland, center Ameka Okafor, center Kyle O'Quinn, shooting guard Jody Meeks. Power forward Gary Clark, point guard Billy Garrett, power forward Jonathan Motley, and then they signed point guard Alfred Payton. So a lot of moves that won't make much of a difference. Some good veterans, I guess. They're going to be competitive. I think with a lot of the players the Wizards brought in in this simulation, they'll at least be competitive on night and now. They've got some good pieces as far as veterans. So we'll watch for that. Now we take a look at the Wolves roster, see what we did here in the offseason and what kind of puts us in position to be successful, hopefully. So we grabbed Jeff Jeff Teague. I shouldn't say we grabbed him. We just didn't trade him. I think, ultimately, he probably ends up being here. So let's just, you know, call a spade a spade. So Jeff Teague, Tyus Jones resigns, and then we grabbed Shamori Pons. I know there are a number of Wolves fans that really like him, and if he's available for that second-round pick, I think he's a pretty good bet. I, I, I think he'd be a guy that's worth taking a chance on in that second round. So keep his name 
in your mind going forward on draft night. You have uh, shooting guards. We have Josh Akogi, Darius Bertans, Jared Terrell re-signed. And then we have two-way player Mitchell Creek. Mitchell Creek is with the team currently. Uh, it remains to be seen if he ends up staying with them on a two-year deal or otherwise. Uh, he is 27 years of age. He is the uh, wing prospect. You then have uh, small forwards Andrew Wiggins, Robert Covington, Kata Bates, uh, Diop. You have Cam Reynolds who we did end up keeping him and picking up his player or his team option. And then lastly, two-way player Dang Adele. Our power forwards, you have Dario Sarge and Sekou Dumbuya. Centers, you have Carl Towns, Gorgie Jang, and Tyler Davis. Again, we talk about players like Jeff Teague, and I think Jang's in the same boat. Now, if one of those players was to be traded, the more likely scenario would be Jeff Teague. But... If uh, if we're going to be realistic at this point, neither one is probably traded, and that's the direction that we went uh, here in this simulation. Now, the interesting thing we had talked about looking at who's available in free agency. Uh, one thing I want to I want to point out, and I think this is pretty funny, uh, the way it worked out. You know who didn't get picked up, and I think a lot of that is due to salary cap. Jimmy Butler is a free agent, so nobody wanted to deal with his BS. How about that? I found that kind of funny. You look at some of the moves these teams made. There were some teams out there that made some pretty bad moves. And here you have Jimmy Butler, uh, who is available uh, as far as free agency is concerned. We're obviously not going to pick him up. But he's an interesting name. And and looking at some of the teams that are out there, is he going to re-sign with the 76ers, for example, in real life? You talk about how they made a lot of moves uh, in the off in this mock off season, at least that were very very solid. And uh, if Jimmy Butler ends up leaving there, it would not shock me in real life because it sounds like he's definitely looking for. Uh, I don't know if I'd say greener pastures, but at the same time, I feel like Jimmy Butler's always looking for a better situation. So I guess we'll see what happens uh, with him. But in this scenario, Wolves fans are going to be very happy that he gets screwed over. Uh, a couple other guys that are interesting: uh, if it's a Zubats, is a free agent still? There's no way that happens. Uh, Jabari Parker's a free agent. I think someone gives him a chance. Who it ends up being, that I don't know. But it it makes a lot of sense as far as uh, this simulation is concerned, at least. Taking a look at some of the younger players that are still available, Nas Reed, uh, Andrew Nebhard are some interesting names. You have, uh, who else is on this? Uh, uh, Chuma Okeke is also a free agent. Could be interesting there. Some people think he could slip into the first round. Uh, Center Daniel Oturo, who obviously is is still at the U. He's not going to be a free. He's not a free agent. He's not a rookie. He's he's not part of the draft process. But when when now this is the main draft class that's been made by a user. Uh, They do a fantastic job, but they do have Daniel Oturo in there still, and he is not in the. uh, He's not part of that conversation. Would be the best way to put that. Going down the list. there's some other names. Mature Maker is on this list. Uh, so a guy that I absolutely, I, I really like. I'll, I'll be honest. I really like this guy. And that's Luca Samanic. So Luca Samanic is the center for, uh, he's coming into the draft, international prospect. I'm a huge fan of his. Huge fan. Name to watch. I would love to grab him, grab him right now and put him on the team. But it's just not, it's not really in the cards. One player that we are going to look to try to grab maybe is Matisse Matisse Tibble, he is available as a free agent, as we talked about earlier. The Celtics waived him. And I got to say, I, I'm i having a tough time looking for reasons not to grab him. Looking at who we have on the roster, you have Jared Terrell still, but you have Darius Bertans. Honestly, I think if we're going to be smart about this, we're, we're going to find a way to move on from one of these players. I think it's got to be Jared Terrell. As much as I like Jared Terrell, 
Well, you know what? We're going to keep Jared Terrell. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep Jared Terrell. We are going to release Darius Bertans in a free agency, which it hurts our three-point shooting a little bit. That's the whole reason we brought him on. But I just like the idea of grabbing another player that Wolves fans really like. And that is, uh, like I said, Matisse Tibble. We are going to uh, grab him and add him to the roster. I-, I think he could be an interesting player. And if you have a chance to grab him, I think you should. And that's what we're going to do here. So Matisse Tibble, we will assign him to a – looks like the most we can give him is a one-year deal at this point. And he accepts. So Matisse Tibble is under contract now. So looking over the roster, we're pretty solid. I like the direction we're going. So now we are going to simulate to the trade deadline and take a look at how the teams are looking, who some of the best players are, who some of the best teams are, and we will go from there. This is Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, and we are the Howl. All right, so uh, I guess we could say mixed bag. Is that what we'll go with here? Uh, yeah, I guess we'll go with mixed bag as far as the Wolves are concerned. Uh, 20 and 31. Not exactly ideal as far as our record is concerned. Let's take a look at uh, some of the statistics for players specifically on our team. Oh, so this is the reason why we are struggling, and this is an issue with 2K. So we had turned off injuries, but apparently that didn't take. So it didn't actually take into account the turning off of the injuries, which means it must not have saved. And the reason I say that that's important is because Towns has been out the entire season. So if you want to know a reason why the Wolves might not be great, well, having your best player miss the entire season, yep, that's going to do it. Uh, He tore his left hamstring. So very interesting uh, how that ends up working. So, all right, well, that makes it even... uh, more okay that that ended up happening, if you ask me. Not too shabby. We'll obviously turn injuries off now, but of course, not much we can do as far as Towns is concerned, as he is still out for the season. But 20 wins. I I would say this. If if you're going to talk about how good this team could be, if you got 20 wins out of this deal without Carl Towns, I mean, we're, we're at the midway point. So we're not. it's not like we're done with the season. So pretty impressive, if you ask me. Let's take a look and see who on the team uh, really was able to... Uh, get some stuff done by the way I guess Towns played a tiny bit at the beginning of the season uh, and he was able to uh how about this 24 points 10 rebounds no sorry 14 rebounds so 24 and 14 yeah we'd take that all day of the week three assists per game so he's he's getting close to those uh you know Garnett numbers where you're talking like 20 10 and 5 uh looking at some of the other ones almost two uh, two blocks per game almost so very solid numbers for him now we jump down to some of the other players uh Andrew Wiggins He's giving you uh, 17 points, four rebounds, two assists. Oh, man, not great. You need better numbers than this. If, if Andrew Wiggins is going to be in it, now I personally think he's going to have a better season than that, but here in the simulation he does not. Uh, Shamori Pons has looked pretty good, 14 points per game. Sharic, uh, 14 points per game. You have uh, 12 points per game from Kogi. Looking at uh, Robert Covington's been pretty good. He's doing, uh, well, that's not great. 11 rebounds, and or sorry, 11 points. Four rebounds, one and a half assists per game. I mean, that's that's not going to get the job done. If he and he's shooting as far as well, forty percent from three though will take. That's pretty good. Uh, by the way, you also have Jeff Teague who's been out for a while, so you're you're definitely relying on some of the younger players. Uh, five assists per game for Je- for uh, Tyus Jones and seven point four points. That's not bad. All in all, not too shabby. Looking at uh, some of the young players though, uh, Sekou Dumbuya not actually playing yet. And also, you're not getting minutes from Cam Reynolds, Tyler Davis, or Matisse Tibble. 
So the player that is helping out a lot is Shamori Pons. So keep that in mind when you're looking at the draft. Could be an interesting name. We are going to go ahead and simulate through the rest of the season. Uh, sooner than later, hopefully, Carl Towns comes back because uh, it'd be nice to actually see him play a little bit. What we're probably going to end up doing here is we will likely simulate one additional season, uh, at least, just to get a better idea of what the team is working with as far as this group of guys. When you're missing Carl Towns, it's tough to really gauge uh, as far as you know how good or how bad they're going to be. So we're just passing the trade deadline right now, and we'll see uh, what the second half brings for this squad. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. We are the Howl. This is our 2K segment as far as Mock Draft 3.0 and simulating this coming season. All right, so taking a look at uh, how the season finished, we actually passed superlatives. We just kind of jumped through to the playoffs. Taking a look at some of the, uh, the ways this season finished, the Jazz actually make the championship in the West, the Sixers in the East, and the Sixers actually end up taking the championship. Uh, we talked about how we thought they had a really good offseason. Clearly it paid off. Ben Simmons, your finals MVP. So we're looking at the, the team in general. So you have uh, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. Uh, Zaire Smith was getting major minutes in the finals. Tobias Harris, Julius Randle, Jabari Parker. At one point, he was a free agent, so they actually went into free agency and grabbed him. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, Jerry and Grant. This is uh, Justin Jackson, and it looks like uh, Stanley Johnson. That's an impressive roster. Very impressive. And then talk about, uh, how about this? You look at uh, the rest of their squad. So Cam Johnson they drafted. He didn't play. They they signed Gerald Green in the offseason. He didn't play. And then they also have Jonah Bolden, who didn't play. So really, just a fan, a really solid squad. As far as the Jazz are concerned, pretty impressive. How about this? Think about the Jazz, and one of the things they could really use is a top-tier point guard just because you haven't necessarily gotten everything you wanted from Ricky Rubio. We looked at the offseason, and we said uh, we thought they did some pretty good work as far as improving that position. And how about this? So they have Kemba Walker and Carson Edwards clearly improving their roster You know, in addition to what they already have. You know, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles. They picked up Rudy Gay. They still have uh, Rudy Gobert and Jay Crowder, so a very solid squad. Dante Exum's playing a little bit, and then you also have Brandon Williams. Boban is on the team, and they're not even using their their rookie, so Keldon Johnson's not playing, and they still have Royce O'Neal and Grayson Allen. Both those guys aren't playing, and they made it to the championship. Uh, Eastern Conference Finals was Milwaukee and Philadelphia, and you had the Pelicans taking on the Jazz in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, let's take a look. So they did hold on to Anthony Davis. They obviously have Zion Williamson, Drew Holiday. Looking at the rest of their squad, it's uh, it doesn't really you know scream great. But obviously it worked out well for them. So good for the Pelicans and the Jazz in the West. Good for Milwaukee and Philadelphia in the East. I'm, I'm curious, looking at the Bucks squad... Yeah, so they ended up getting Myers Leonard and Thomas Bryant for that center position. The center position has been one that has kind of been goofy for them, I think, over the years. I haven't necessarily loved what they've been able to do. So this is, I think, a step in the right direction for them, player or talent-wise. So interesting. So Sixers take it over the Jazz. Four games to one, by the way, is what the final was as far as the championship. Again, MVP of the finals was Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. Uh, we're going to do a little more, so we're probably going to do one more season here just to get an idea of if you take injuries out of the equation, how good can the Wolves be 
if you know Carl Towns being in the fold makes a huge difference. Also, we're going to be able to move on from Jeff Teague now, which is pretty nice, and that uh, that's interesting. By the way, the the final uh, record for this team thirty two and fifty. 32 and 50 when you were basically missing Carltons the whole season is really impressive. And it tells you that um, some of the main pieces on this team uh, did a pretty good job. So we jumped to the offseason. We start with the league meetings. And the only thing I changed was opposing teams will enter the bonus after one team foul in the final two minutes of the quarter. So we jump ahead to the draft lottery. And of course, uh, as the Wolves were one of those struggling teams, we are not only a lottery pick, but we have the odds to be the fifth pick in the the fifth pick in the draft. We're just going to jump ahead, and it looks like we dropped. Of course, we dropped two spots. Went from five to seven. So, if anything, uh, we know that this was. We obviously know this was pretty realistic, as the wolves tend to drop, or if they're lucky, stay the same. But generally, they drop in every single solitary uh, year. Uh, we already have the staff all set up, so we're going to be able to basically just jump right ahead to the draft, and we'll see who ends up being available. We have, like, again, we have pick number seven in this draft because we did drop a little ways. So simming to our pick and taking a look at who's actually available. Again, this would be the the 2020 draft class, and uh, we've got wow, we've actually got some great players available. In fact, Jaden McDaniels, whoever made this, so OES Entertainment, I should say, is actually who made this uh, this list listing. And so uh, they've got some really solid pieces, but I really like Jaden McDaniels and what he brings to the table. 81 overall, 19 years old. The other player that's really good in this uh, grouping is Isaiah Stewart. But I, we're going to go with Jaden McDaniels. Look at some of the, look at his measurables here. Small forward. He's 19 years of age, 81 overall, but six foot eleven with a seven nine wingspan. So yeah, we're taking Jaden McDaniels. That's a win in my book. And I believe we also have a second round pick. Yes, yeah, so we have pick number 35 in the second round because uh, while the lottery is done for the first round, it is not done for the second round. So we do still get we actually get the fifth pick in the second round. And uh, nicely done uh, for whoever made this. Uh, these the picks in front of us because they've left us some nice gems. So thank you to the opposing virtual GMs. Take a look at the squad and uh, Nick Weatherspoon, a point guard. We're losing Jeff Teague. Might as well get some depth at that position, and he's the best player available. So Nick Weatherspoon out of Mississippi State. He is uh, looks like to be a pretty solid player and a, a very good pickup for the Timberwolves in the second round. That's going to do it for the 2020 draft class. So we're going to go through the off season now and take a look at what we can do again. We'll sign both of our rookies because you know, you have a 74 and 81 at, at, at the young ages that they're at. It makes a lot of sense looking at the squad pond. So Shamori ponds, Josh Kogi and Kitty Bates Diop have team options. We'll pick all of those up. makes a lot of sense to be able to keep them as long as we can. And then looking at the qualifying offers, you have Mitchell Creek who did get pretty good. He's in the seventies now, but we are going to pass on him. You have Jared Terrell. He is a 71. I, we're going to pass on him at this point just to, to kind of move on to some uh, some other players. We have Cam Reynolds. <clears throat> I think Cam Reynolds is an interesting player, but in at least in this simulation, he hasn't gotten good enough. 
So I think we'll pass. We will keep, though, uh, Dang Adele and Matisse Tibble, our guys we will extend the qualifying offer to, and as well as Dario Saric. For anyone that's not aware, he will be coming up on a new contract soon. So that's something to watch for uh, in the coming season or the you know the next following offseason to see what ends up happening with uh, him as far, far as an extension is uh, concerned. All right, so we're in free agency now, taking a look at some of the, the players out there. You have uh, Jimmy Butler's unrestricted. We talked about how, at least initially, nobody picked him up last offseason. So that was kind of a, a weird thing you weren't expecting. You also have Ben Simmons, who's a free agent, but he is restricted. And given he was just finals MVP, I don't think that the Philadelphia 76ers are going to let him go anywhere. So looking at the moratorium, we always try to grab some some quality players uh, as far as two-way contracts are concerned first. Because if you start to grab other players as far as like maybe some of the players that uh, you already had uh, c- contact with, so maybe players that you want to extend, sometimes there's issues when you do it during the moratorium in 2K. So we try to stay away from that. And instead, we try to grab just newer players, especially, specifically two-way guys, because then you don't have any contract issues. we got a few different options for two-way players available, which is nice for anyone that doesn't play a lot of 2K. If you are doing these types of simulations, the key is going to be you sort by age, and then you sort by expected amount of money. And so it's uh, lowest to highest for age and lowest to highest for expected money. And that way you can get like 18 and 19-year-olds. You can find the best ones that are available and willing to take a two-way contract. So, you know, if you go in there and the expected salary is, let's say, just as an example, like five or six million, that guy's not going to take a two-way contract. But if you go in and they're at, like, in this case, 898000 that's a guy that is willing to take um, a, two-day con- or a two-way contract. And both of those players, so we picked up both uh, Jalen Banks, the point guard, and then center Dwight Watkins. So we uh, let that happen. We lost Mitchell Creek, by the way. Someone actually signed him. We are going to decline the match. And then we will renounce the rights to Jeff Teague and Cameron Reynolds. We're also going to renounce the rights to Jared Terrell. And that puts us in a, a pretty good spot. We don't have a lot of cap space by any means, but we're already at 12 players. And with the draft picks that we just got, I think we've got a pretty good squad. If you add in Matisse Thibble, if we keep him, and then if we keep, let's say we keep a guy like Cam Reynolds or we keep Dang Adele, at that point you're at 15 spots. And that really helps out because it really keeps your chemistry at a high level. We're at 94% chemistry currently, which is really big. For anyone that doesn't play a lot of uh, 2K, chemistry is huge. Generally, 92, 93, 94, that chemistry, chemistry in that range is what you want to be at if you're going to have a chance to win a championship. Generally, if you're lower than that, let's say 80s or even sometimes 70s, you're pretty much out of luck. Uh, one thing you'll notice is that you might have the same team, uh, let's say year to year, you haven't changed a lot of players, but if you're not winning consistently, your chemistry actually does not go up. So you can actually be dropping in chemistry just as a result of not being a successful franchise. So that's one thing to keep an eye on when you're doing that. So we're on day one of free agency Taking a look at the squad, now Dario Saric, the nice thing is we have his bird rights, so we can actually go over to sign him. So it makes sense for us to wait on him. We have other options as far as players are concerned, but what we're going to do is at 12 players right now, we're going to re-sign our three guys, and then that'll do it and we'll jump into the offseason. This is the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. We are the Howl, and we are going over basically Mock Draft 3.0's simulation if the teams signed the players listed in my mock draft 3.0 will come back at you at the start of season number two. All right, so season number two is starting. Taking a look at the roster as it is laid out currently. 
Point guards, we have Shamari Pons, Tyus Jones, and Nick Weatherspoon, plus Jalen Banks is a two-way prospect. Shooting guards, we have Josh Okogie. He's the only one that's main position as a shooting guard, but obviously you have Andrew Wiggins still. You also have uh, Matisse Tibble that can play shooting guard. So jumping to the small forwards, we have Andrew Wiggins, Jaden McDaniels, Robert Covington, Matisse Tibble, and then Kata Bates Diop, who also obviously plays some four as well. For power forwards, we actually decided to go against. We did not grab Dang Adele just because I didn't like his size. So we we still have Dario Sharish. We could re-sign him. We have Seku Dumbuya. And then Chuma Okeke is the other player uh, we ended up actually picking up. For anyone that doesn't know him, he was the player that was injured in the NCAA tournament this past year from Auburn. But a, a pretty good prospect. Could be interesting. As far as the draft is concerned, he's probably like a second-round pick, maybe late first. Um, so that's where to watch for for him. And for centers, we have Carl Towns. We have Gorgie Jang, who is in the last year of his deal, finally. Uh, we have Tyler Davis. And then Dwight Watkins is our two-way prospect as well. So pretty good squad, if you ask me. I think we'll be pretty good. Now that injuries are turned off, again, I get that injuries happen. But in terms of just being able to see how this team stacks up, we turn injuries off just to get a better read of how this team matches up with other teams. So every team is, is fully able to uh, be accurate as far as that information is concerned. So taking a look here at the standings, and we go over to power rankings. Wolves, according to NBA.com, are 6th. 2K Sports, they are always a little tougher on us, although, oof, they really don't like us at 26th. And then we are 6th as well with Mark Spears. So probably, I think we're a top 10 team with this roster. I, I do think we've got a pretty good squad. So we will go ahead and simulate to the trade deadline, take a look and see how the teams are doing, look at the Wolves, and we'll finish off this simulation uh, at the end of season number two. This is the Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. All right, so at the trade deadline, Wolves are 30-25, and 25, so very much a mixed bag, 88% chemistry. We have not made any trades, so we kept the roster as is just to kind of get a pretty good read of how the team was looking. If we uh, take a look, I wanted to take a quick look at the All-Star game to see if we had anyone that made either roster. And Carl Towns was a starter for Team James, so uh, that's pretty good to see. Looking across the board, no one else did make it. Although, how about Zach Levine uh, making his uh, second All-Star game in the East? So he's playing for Team Giannis. So, I don't know, pretty interesting there. Looking over at the standings, just to get an idea of how we're looking in our division. We're second in our division. We actually have the same amount of wins as the Jazz, but we have two more losses. Uh, Looking at the conference, we are sitting as the sixth seed currently, which isn't too bad. And and so the top team only has 39 wins. We're actually three games back of the three seed. So uh, we're sitting pretty good. The West is just a really good conference. It's always tough to break through, but we would like to get our chemistry numbers up if we could. Uh, The sooner we can get those up, the better, of course. We've had some... uh, like I said, it's a mixed bag. You've had a few nice wins, uh, but then there's some teams. You, know, you had a nice, you had a close loss to the Lakers. You lost by one point in a game just now to the Kings. Now we're passing All Star Weekend and getting into uh, the home stretch. Uh, just about to hit March. Got a nice win against the Jazz. Considering how close we are against them, that's going to be pretty important. And uh, we're just passing the contract extension deadline as March approaches. And, and we'll see how the team does. You've got some of the younger teams uh, on the schedule here. You just beat the Suns and the Nuggets. Uh, close loss to, well, actually not even that close, 118-101 loss to the Pistons. 
You then for, we played the Grizzlies back to back, and it was a loss and a win. Another one point loss, by the way, to the Rockets. That's a team that just seems to have our number. But another win against the Jazz. So trending in the right direction. Our chemistry is sitting still at 85. Actually, it's gone down 85%, which is surprising because we're on a bit of a win streak, 38 and 31 right now. We're actually uh, now one game uh, short of being at the 40 win mark, which, you know, the second you mention that, you start losing games, unfortunately, as we're on a three game losing streak. Hopefully, we can get into those 40s. There it is. Boom. 40 wins. We are 89% chemistry. It's it's close. We're not at championship level, but could we maybe win a series or maybe two? Yeah, I think we can win a series at least. I think that's that's pretty reasonable to expect that. We just hit 42 wins. We're so close to that 90% chemistry, but we just can't get that crucial next win to take that jump. We get to 89% chemistry, and then we lose a few games, drop back down into that like 85 86%. We end the season with a win over the Suns. So 44 and 38, not the most amazing record ever, but that's pretty good. We would take 44 and 38. You know, going into next season, if someone told you that was the record, I think you'd be pretty happy. Uh, Looking at the superlatives, you have MVP is James Harden. Rookie of the year is our guy Jaden McDaniels. So nothing wrong with that. Sixth man of the year, Chris Middleton. Giannis is your defensive player of the year. Most improved is Donovan Mitchell. And Tyron Liu is actually the coach of the year. He's with the Rockets, apparently. So um, that's something, I guess. Very intriguing there. Looking at the all-NBA teams, we'll take a look and see if we had anyone make the squads for a second. Yep, Carl Towns made third team, along with Zion, by the way. So congrats to him. As far as all-defensive teams, nope. I was hoping we'd maybe see a Robert Covington showing, but he's not there. Looking at all-rookie, of course, Jaden McDaniels is the rookie of the year. He makes it, but nobody else. So we look at the team. We are So at the trade deadline, we are the sixth seed. We are still the sixth seed. We are taking on the Lakers. Lakers are a team that definitely had our number in the regular season. Could be a tough matchup. Game number one, though, goes to the Wolves. Looking at the Lakers, it's the team you expect. You know, Lonzo Paul, Brandon Ingram, LeBron James. Remember, they did sign Klay Thompson. And Thad Young. But other than that, it's just, you know, the, it's all the same guys that the Lakers currently have. Game number two goes to the Lakers. So 1 1 as we move back to Minnesota. Game number three goes to Minnesota. We're up two games to one. Let's see, can we steal another one? Nope. Two games to two as we head back to Los Angeles. And we, nope, we lose that one. So it's three games to two heading to game six in Minnesota. Can we even the series? We do. We're going to Game 7. Game 7 taking place in Los Angeles. And as we sometimes will do, we are actually going to simulate this with SimCast just to get a better feel for this game. Here we go. Starting the simulation. Early on, Wolves take a 6-2 to two lead. Hopefully they can start to pull away, but Lakers are right in this one. Wolves not able to build a lead more than four, six points. As the first quarter comes to an end, they are up by five. Second quarter hits the books, and Lakers go on a bit of a run, and they almost take a lead, but the Wolves find a way to keep it close. Lakers halfway through the second, and actually as the second quarter and first half coming down, Lakers start to pull away just a bit with a three-point advantage. Third quarter starts off mostly Lakers again, but the Wolves able to fight back and build up a seven-point advantage. And as the third quarter is coming to a close, the Wolves have built a double-digit lead. In the fourth quarter, and the Wolves again continue to look really strong, but as the quarter hits the halfway mark, Lakers go on a run. It is single digits once again. We are coming down to the wire. Wolves with a narrow lead under two minutes to go. 
Wolves, can they pull it off? And Wolves do. Wolves pull it off. 103-93 is your final. And the Wolves are moving on to round number two, where we are taking on the Golden State Warriors. So very interesting. You also had Portland and Phoenix moving on. Portland, or sorry, Phoenix was the eight seed. They took out the one seed Rockets. So congrats to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, On the other end of the spectrum, on the east, the Philadelphia 76ers were team number one. They do, in fact, move on. Here we go. Round number two, game one goes to Golden State. We talked about how we didn't really love some of the things they had done, but if you if you look at some of the additions, they, they were able to grab Jakob Pertl out of free agency, Ivica Zubats out of free agency. We talked about Lance Stevenson. He was really good in game number one here for them. They do still have Steph Curry and Draymond Green, of course, and their draft pick from last year was uh, Jacob Evans. So you got a few nice pieces. Somehow the, the Warriors actually were the two seed. So here we are. Uh, now we are down two games to zero going back to Minnesota. Can we steal one here? Nope, we are down three games to zero. It is looking like this could be a sweep, and it is unfortunately a sweep. But still, the Wolves definitely improving. How about this? In the game number four, Carl Towns 40 points, 13 rebounds, two, three assists, two steals, a block, just two turnovers. You look across the board, Tyus Jones, 12 dimes in that game, which is pretty good. Shamari Pons was six, but you know who's really hurting us? Andrew Wiggins, just eight points. That's not going to get the job done, Andrew. And we are expecting better things from you uh, in real games. Same with Robert Covington and Sharich. Both of them really did almost nothing to help out the team. And that's not going to get the job done. Uh, your players of the game for for the Wolves were definitely Towns, McDaniels, and Josh Akogi. With uh, right up there, we had Tyus Jones with those 12 assists. So pretty solid game from him. And that does it for this simulation for the Timberwolves. Taking a look at how the season could go to based on the Mach 3.0 that we did to start this episode off. We will finish up the simulation as far as the playoffs are concerned. Sixers on the East make the championship once again. And how about this? The Phoenix Suns make the championship and they sweep the Sixers. And that's your champions. Wow. I am. That's crazy to me. Phoenix Suns are your NBA champions. Taking a look at what they have as a squad. They were led by Jabari Parker of all people. Just dominating. You also still have, looking at their squad, Mikhail, Mikhail Bridges, Devin Booker. DeAndre Ayton actually was your player of the game, or actually your player of the finals as he won MVP. Uh, Kobe White, the player that the Wolves were hoping to get, but in our mock draft, went to the Suns. He was putting up solid numbers. How about these numbers? 13.7 rebounds, 5 assists, 31 minutes. Pretty, pretty solid if you ask me. Uh, Josh Jackson, 10-3-3-3. So you're getting a lot there. Uh, we talked about Jabari Parker, 29 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals and a block with 0 turnovers. 18 points from Mikhail Bridges, 17 points from Devin Booker. Super impressive. A lot to like from the Suns, who apparently are on the rise, and they win the championship in 2021. That's going to do it for this episode of The Howl. This has been our Mock Draft 3.0 episode. If you missed any of this show, now remember we're on Dash Radio's Nothing Been a Channel. We are on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Uh, Wednesdays we are on from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. And on Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Of course, if you missed any portion of this, make sure you check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Podient, Spotify, or anywhere else great podcasts are found, great radio shows are found. And until next time, let me get a howl.